Sisters in the Shadows is in aid of Nordif Robbins. Nordif Robbins is the largest independent music therapy charity in the UK, dedicated to enriching the lives of people affected by life-limiting illnesses, isolation or disability. Their music therapists are expertly trained to tune into each movement, reaction and expression of the individuals they work with to discover how music can enrich their lives. They are absolutely brilliant. But they receive no government funding and so rely on the generosity of their supporters. Charities like Nordif Robbins are really struggling these days and need your help more than ever. As a musician and a music lover, I know firsthand of the healing powers of music. It can lift your spirits, unite people and touch your heart in ways nothing else can. And the amazing therapists at Nordif Robbins use that power to help some of the most vulnerable people in society. If you love music and care about people, and I know you do, I ask you as a proud ambassador of Nordif Robbins Music Therapy Charity to help support their important work today. Just go to nordif-robbins.org.uk to find out more. That's nordif-robbins.org.uk. lovelies and welcome to Sisters in the Shadows again, all about women in blues and jazz. I'm Colette Cooper and in this series I'm looking at the amazing impact and influence women have had and still have on the development of blues and jazz. Today's episode is dedicated to Canada's first lady of blues and jazz, Salome Bay. Baby, won't you please come home? Cause your mama's all alone. Salome was born in New Jersey in 1933. As a young woman, she formed a vocal group with her brother Andy and sister Geraldine, known as Andy and the Bay Sisters, and toured North America and Europe. In 1964, she moved to Toronto and quickly established herself on the jazz and blues scene, earning the nickname Canada's First Lady of Blues. She was also an accomplished actor and writer, appearing on Broadway and winning some of Canada's highest arts awards, including Lifetime Achievement Award from the Black Theatre Workshop in Montreal. Salome stopped performing in 2011 after being diagnosed with dementia and sadly died only a few weeks ago actually on August the 8th at the great old age of 86. And the rest is history. Today I'm really excited because I'm talking to the gorgeous and super knowledgeable Michael Williams. Now Michael is one of Canada's most prolific broadcasters and DJs. He's actually seen, met and interviewed everybody who's anybody in the music world and was both a friend and a fan of Salome's. We've got the gorgeous Michael Williams here. How are you, Michael? Oh, Colette, I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm great. All the better to be talking to you. Absolutely. It's a good morning for me. I made sure I had a late night so we could talk about 
the night before the morning after. I love that. <laughs> Michael's all the way from Canada and so kind to talk to us all. Oh, and, and Michael, and what's, it, what's the weather like over there right now? It's a beautiful day. Yeah. It's an absolutely beautiful day. I mean, it's just, uh, the, you can tell the, uh, the fall chill is in the air just yeah. a touch. But other than that, it's absolutely gorgeous weather. I mean, the wind is blowing outside my window. And if it could be like this all year round, I'd be kind of cool with that, you know? <laughs> I'm with you with that. We'd love that as well. It's a beautiful day here as well. Mm. Um, I'm not sure. It's quite hot, isn't it? It's quite hot here today, actually. It's around 25. 25, oh, I reckon. Oh, gosh. So Hang hot. on a second. Let me, let me look at my phone and see what the weather is here. I, <laughs> I haven't even... I haven't been outside yet, so you're getting... A, you know, you're getting morning me at its uh, best and worst. We love this. Uh, yeah, where are you? Are you in London? We're in London, in okay. North London. It's very pretty. Um, it's quite quiet at the moment with the COVID situation, but it's peaceful. It's nice. And people are just going around the business, trying to be positive. And for myself, what I did with my, my, uh, my TV partner, Gene, uh, Gene Greenwood, he's just an absolutely great guy. He's a, he's a genius all the way around from musical to, uh, he really, uh, is one of the top, uh, videographers and, yeah. He was actually supposed to do, uh, the Stones were only doing one date in Canada and Vancouver. And yes. they asked him to man the screens and wow. design the uh, show for them on the screens. And then Metallica asked him to do the same thing. But all tours, of course, have been canceled for the time being. And yep. we're doing what we're doing on Zoom, you know, hoping for the best. So what Gene and I did was we built a TV station called Tour Bus TV. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And uh, Isolation Island. Oh, you saw it. Yeah, it's excellent. We're, we're oh, big fans you. of yours. We're big fans of yours, Michael. You're brilliant. I mean, oh well, thank you, thank you very much. I mean, you know, uh, back in the day, I uh, was on a thing called Much Music. That's right, and, and, and you've got a great history, and you've you've interviewed just about everybody in the music scene. Well, I've I've tried to. I mean, it's more about who I haven't interviewed. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I yeah. mean, I didn't get to sit with Madonna, and that was right. okay. <laughs> that was really okay. Um, Prince and I were in the same room a number of times, and I know he saw my show when he was living in France Fantastic. and other times and stuff like that. And I've been in Paisley Park a number of times. I I was there for the. Uh, I got a personal tour from. Uh, uh, Eric Leeds' brother, Alan Leeds, and uh, who is sort of the head of Paisley Park, and Craig Rice, who helped to design Paisley Park oh, with, uh, with Prince. And so I got these great tours of Paisley Park. And the last time I was there, uh, they were just start as I was leaving uh, the band that he had at the time with Rosie Gaines, a great voice of Rosie Gaines, my yeah. gosh. And they were all coming in as I was leaving with Ingrid Chavez. Yeah. And uh, the, the rehearsal hall where they were rehearsing Diamonds and Pearls was the size of a, their soundstage, the size of a, of a soccer field. Okay. Wow. It wow. was, uh, it was just incredible. And we ran back in and caught just a few seconds. And uh, I've been in correspondence with uh, Susan Rogers. I'm hoping to do 
uh, some interviews and things with her and yeah. she was Prince's engineer and uh, just, uh, you know, it was, it was just incredible. But uh, at that time I was doing a show called Soul in the City and the yeah. theme for that show was written by Carl McIntosh and performed by Loose Ends. And, yeah. uh, and that was great. And I've always been just a huge fan of the way that uh, the UK uh, sort of uh, came into its own with music from yeah. from from the madrigals and the music, you know, the English folk music and all of that to, uh, you know, Fairport Convention to, yep. my gosh, everything, you know? And I've just been a huge uh, uh, fan of British music. And uh, even so, I... I um, when I, uh, I I had to have an operation done on my knees, and at that time, I think uh, the show Luther was just starting, oh, and I what watched a great the whole show. thing. And uh, but I mean everything from I'm I'm a Coronation Street fanatic. Okay, <laughs> I remember I'm me in that then, Michael. <laughs> no, I I, don't. I was in Coronation Street. What Which episode? Oh my God! I'll have to send them. I'll have to send you the details of it. Oh, send me the show. I, I yeah, sometimes, I would love to yeah, I, I sometimes get a nice check through for repeats. So, um, oh my, were you I, performing? I, yeah, I was in it. I, yeah, I was a wow. character in it. Oh my gosh! I've been to, well. I I met Roy and Haley, and we sort of yeah. became buddies when they came over. Uh, and that would be Julie and I forgot Roy's name, and I got this great picture of me Roy's and them. Right, oh, and they were great. saying. They said, you know, you got to come over to Manchester. I mean, it's a, they said, you got to come over. And I was like, can I get a walk on? I just want to walk. Can. Do you know what? You should come over and we could take you around the studios and yeah. go inside the Rovers and everything. Well, that and then in being in Manchester, I'd have to go to the site of the factory. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. You'd have 24 to 24-hour party people. I was in, <laughs> I was in 24-hour party people. You're kidding. No, oh my I'm God. not. Your two favorite shows and I'm in them. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've and then my film. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm going to have to watch it again then. Yeah. I had a small <laughs> part in it, but I'll, I'll let you know about that. Yeah, no, I was, oh. yeah, I was in that. I got to interview uh, New Order when they were still sort oh, wow. of together. And uh, it was uh, uh, Peter Hook and the, the vocalist. Oh, my gosh, whose name I forget at this point. But um, I oh, got to um, interview them. So Bernard, Bernard, that's it. Yeah, Bernard. Uh, oh, well, Bernard I'd love, I would love to come over to yours and have a look at your red record collection. Because, you know, because you are just so brilliant. You have such an eclectic taste in music. And you know your music. You're a guy who knows about music. and we love that which is why we wanted you on the show and just going back to you know your early days when you were getting started and you know with your music and your interests and who was the very first female um jazz and blues singer you heard vocalist or instrumentalist or both and, and which song michael well i mean my actually the the first uh vocalist and she wasn't a jazz and blues vocalist yeah but she was my mom Oh, okay. And that. my mom sang around the house yeah. and she would sing this song, Oh, Mr. Blue. Oh, Mr. Uh, and, and, oh. and as a child, I was going, Oh, Miss Boo. Oh, Miss Boo. Because <laughs> I would just follow her, you know? And she would sing songs around the house. She didn't really know all the words. But so just she sing scat, is right, though. Yeah, so she would scat through it or do a little her version of vocalese or yeah. whatever. But she would just sing around the house. 
And uh, then there was a lady named Della Reese, I think, and she lived across the hall. She was a jazz blues singer and she did it live a lot. And so when we would walk by her door, we'd yeah. hear music coming out of there. How, how lovely. It's a lovely way to grow up just to be, you know, around music and your parents loving music because... It, it just then embeds into your soul, doesn't it? And it's something that you, you know, you want to follow. And yeah, it was. And our, about. we had one of those, like what my mom, what we started out with was one of those like time life, greatest music of all time uh, packages that my mom yeah. got of about 12 to 20 records, you know, and we would just play those over. And it was everything from, uh, from John Henry to Shostakovich to, you know, various types of music from around the world. Uh, you know, we the Flight of the Bumblebee, things like that. Just great themes. And we would play the shit out of that yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah. So it was about the sound of music, the feel of music, and, and uh, living, growing up in Cleveland, Ohio, um, uh, music was, it was like this. When you got out of school at 3.30 and you walked down the street, everyone had their radio on to a certain radio station and walking down the street was like living in headphones. <laughs> oh, I love that. So Isn't you would hear great, it coming great. from the windows, from the cars, things yes. like that. And songs that you could identify or know. And I mean, uh, I remember like Barbara Mason, Love Makes a Woman, which I thought was always a great song or Hello Stranger, yeah. those sort of songs. And then there was always, you know, uh, Nina Simone. Wow. <laughs> always Nina Simone, my hero, one of my major heroes. Yeah. And uh, Eartha Kitt. Yeah. Um, and That's early Aretha Franklin, like one of those songs, I remember going to my cousin Johnny May's place one day. And for some reason, I guess I had to go to the doctor and I couldn't go back to school until the next day. So I stayed at her place. My mom allowed me. Yeah. And the cool thing was that she had a stereo. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she had records. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember playing the sides off of, uh, Aretha Franklin records and hearing songs like Ain't No Way, I Never Loved a Man and stuff like that. Phenomenal. Uh, back, yeah, back in those days. So I was pretty much so listening to what my parents listened to yeah. and what I had access to and what we saw on television. Yeah. And uh, back in those days, I was born in 1956. So right. back in those days, we didn't have a TV. We had like I think maybe around 1960, we had a TV, but yeah. it didn't work. So it became a radio. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so radio it, is the best. Well, oh, and yeah. but the television became a radio because we just yeah. had, we had sound, we had no picture. Yeah. And uh, we had a radio. Um, I was my first piece of personal media, which will seem kind of funny, was a crystal radio that my mom probably bought me for about two bucks from the candy Aww. store. Aww. And 
And I would listen to talk radio and I would listen to like black radio, which yeah. was like a cornucopia of black music yeah. from jazz to blues to sort of pop at that time, which would have been the best music Jackie. where it all originates from. That's where it yeah, comes from. Yeah, that would have been That's like the Jackie soul Wilson of it. And all. Yeah, yeah. So when you heard these great female singers like, Esther Phillips, aka oh. Little Esther at the time. Little Esther, Esther Phillips, wow. Well, and I mean. she would, you know, and Aretha Franklin, and yep. everybody did pop songs, like they all did Beatles songs when the Beatles came out. You know, uh, yep. I have a wonderful version of Esther Phillips uh, live, and I think it's called Live and Steaming, and she does Don't Let Me Lose This Dream. You <gasps> Please know, send and, that to uh, me. I mean, I have so much of esther phillips in my collection but i haven't don't know if i have that yeah she did the live it's a live record oh my gosh oh, and it's just, oh my god i've got I to think hear it that was her, her first live record and it was wonderful it was like listening to aretha live in paris you know yeah. uh at the olympia uh and there were just great female singers and oh. the cool thing about eartha kitt whom i originally saw on Batman. She's a great character. What <laughs> a character, the, though. She as was. the Catwoman. Oh. I, I got to interview her on her <gasps> birthday. No, you year. didn't. You yes, interviewed her. Tell me, was yes. she absolutely bonkers? Well, she was in a bad mood. She wasn't right. in a good mood. She didn't know why she was at much music, a music television station, yeah. even though she had just a couple of videos like Where Is My Man and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, she wasn't in a great mood, but I was able to put her in a good mood and I give bet. her well i gave her flowers oh, on she air loved that. oh she loved <laughs> you know? that michael so, so she kind of melted on that and softened yeah. up a little bit oh, and God, I uh, and character. i got her to do the uh, her famous oh, she, I love her. <laughs> she's just she's just one of a kind and i remember when i heard bessie smith for the first time oh. i had to go all the way down that rabbit hole you know when i heard a little sugar in my bowl in the double entendre blues, oh she's just i wanted to uh hear every you know i wanted to hear every woman sing every dirty lyrical song that i could because they just yeah. did it so well yeah. and they had fun with it she you had guts she was formidable yeah. she was raw you know and i'm not um i haven't i've never had any formal training and that's mm -hmm. what i loved about her and many of the others you know you know billy holiday and esther phillips they, they were raw and i think and they didn't have any formal training. I think formal training is great as well. Don't get me wrong. I think that's great for yeah. some, but I do like the rawness of that and the storytelling and the guts. And it's just, they just, yeah, they had a major impact on me. And um, I mean, Bessie Smith, I, oh, mean, she I mean, basically built Columbia Records. Oh, and was, uh, she was the queen of the blues, but I Amazing. mean, she was the queen. She was a business person. Yeah. She was incredible. And, yeah. you know, a lot of these, uh, and the funny thing was, uh, you know, uh, coming out of uh, Cleveland, Ohio and whatever, I had been uh, not immersed in the world, in the gay world per se, yeah. but it was ever present around me. And, uh, and there was no problem. Nobody had any problem. Like everybody was just equal where I came from. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. finding out later the history of, harlem and what was going on there yeah. and stuff like that and opens your that, eyes doesn't it and yeah well i mean it but it was just the neighborhood you yeah. know what i mean it was there was nothing abnormal there was 
we yeah. made room for everybody and everybody had room. Yes. You know? And so there was no, How it should be. Mm. when you got on stage, if you could do what you needed to do, yeah. you were, you were a hero. If you couldn't, yeah. you might get booed off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, cause there was no, there was no, uh, once you got on their stage on a stage, there wasn't a lot of mercy on stage. That was the killing floor. Right. Yeah. And uh, women definitely had to uh, had to hold their own, and I was uh, fortunate enough to see to see many hold their own, and to see Aretha uh, more than a couple of times. I saw her on what was supposed oh, I mean, to be her last tour, and I also got to see well, her nice. do a uh, benefit here in Toronto for the Jewish hospital. And mm-hmm. everyone bought tables. You know, they were like thousand dollars a chair or whatever. Yeah. And I went over to see if I could get an interview with her and I couldn't, but it was the nicest refusal and turn down I ever had. And I'm standing there talking to Aretha Franklin. She's like right in front of me as close as this microphone is now. And I'm just in love because I mean, there was nothing that she didn't do, but Hey, Hey, now the South side of the sky uh, produced by Quincy Jones. One of my favorite records. Mine too, Michael, mine too. Mr. Spain, uh, that's the way I feel about you. I don't know if music gets better than that. And what people don't know is that she went to Juilliard uh, for opera and also for piano. Yeah, she's she's, another woman who had a major impact on me. And there was, of course, there was uh, Amazing Grace, which I have the film, uh, which I haven't seen as of yet. But I've seen it. The record was like life to me, you know, when I heard her. To, uh, I love that the fact that um, the Stones were in the audience. <laughs> oh, were they? <laughs> Did you see Mick Jagger in the film? In, in, I haven't in the seen the film. Yet. Okay, well, when you see the documentary, you oh, see, you spoiled uh, it for me. Oh no! Colette. Oh shit! Well, you only it. see you only see them in the background. It's like yes. they came the second night, and you'll just see them anyway. You'll see a few people in the audience who come to watch her. Watch that film, Michael. It's incredible. It'll blow your By mind. I, I mean, I cried through. It. I was just. It's, she's just phenomenal. But let's let's talk about let's talk about um, Salon Bay because she was the first woman of blues in Canada. Well, yes, yeah, Salome. She um, she was uh, from. She passed Andy. away recently as well. Hasn't yes, she? she did a couple of weeks ago, and that yeah. was um, I, I sent you. I think the article from the New York Times, and yeah. uh, she was just she was crowned the queen of blues here, but she was really the queen and first lady of jazz, blues, musical theater. She was an incredible playwright. She wrote a number of uh, uh, theatrical pieces uh, around, uh, all centered around music and humanity. She had a play called Rainbow World, and in that play, that's where they discovered Debbie Cox, really. She wow. was in that, and so were a ton of other people like Oren Isaacs and just a ton of incredible musicians who all went on to do really well. And that was part of her mission was to foster the culture, foster the music and the humanity and culture around the music to teach it to young people and to have them perform it properly and eventually come into their own. And Salome she, Bay, she was a fan. I mean, what a woman, oh. what an, a formidable woman that she's be, she's right up my street. I mean, I'd love to have met, met her. She, uh, well, her husband owned uh, or co-owned the 
only soul food restaurant in all of Canada called the Underground Railroad till about right. 20 years ago. And I was fortunate enough to find, to actually, I owned the sign of that restaurant and I would go there all the time. And, uh, you know, soul food was just what we do. I mean, yeah. soul food and soul music, it's just an incredible, wonderful thing. That's and right. he was, uh, he was an, he was a great individual. So they had a team that was them together and, uh, Howard Matthews and Salome Bay, and they did theater together. He managed Salome and took care of things for her. And she just, she taught us all about the blues. She taught us all about herself. She yeah. started in, uh, in New Jersey and New York with her brother and sister. I believe her sister's name was, uh, was uh, Gertrude. Her brother, Andy Bay, the incredible Andy Bay, who is yeah. one of the uh, most incredible singers who I first heard on Stanley Clark's very first solo record. Wow. Uh, and I was like, he could have got anybody to sing. And he got this guy that I didn't know at the time named Andy yeah. Bay, but that was just a gap in my early education. Uh, that was around 15 or 16. Yeah. And uh, then there was Salome. It was funny because um, Quincy Jones was in town and they were doing a huge tribute to him. And also he was uh, paying tribute to Oscar Peterson and yep. stuff like that. And we were hanging out and we went to see uh, this event and Salome was at the event and I got to introduce Salome and, and Quincy <gasps> and did. Salome and Quincy goes, I know you Andy and the Bay sisters, <laughs> <laughs> which was a wonderful moment. And uh, she was incredible. Andy and the Bay sisters are featured in the Chet Baker film, Let's get lost. Right, yes. yes. And that's and them performing. And she was just incredible. She also had quite a history on Broadway. They wanted yeah. her back. She did uh, Your Arms Are Too Short to Box with God, which had her and a host of other people that became mega stars. And uh, when she came up to Canada, uh, I believe she fell in love with Howard and came back a few years later from Broadway, and uh, she did musical theater here, wow. and she wrote a number of plays, and she collaborated with, uh, like the book Coming Through Slaughter with Michael Andajne, she collaborated with him and did a, 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 a stage version around that book, and that was just incredible because it was about the life of Buddy Bolden, right? So. Yeah. And uh, the interesting thing was to interpret the book and interpret the music of Buddy Bolden because there were no recordings that we know of. Oh, isn't that sad when that, I mean. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. So when you, you met Salome. When I met her, uh, I, when I met her, I was in Montreal and I, yeah. I come down to Toronto on a regular basis for business and music. And uh I got introduced to Salome. I'm not sure if it was at the restaurant or at a gig, but we kept seeing each other around and kept, and she just came up to me, you know, yeah. she just came up to she me and loved me, loved me to death and included me in her. We family. all love you to death, Michael. We love you. <laughs> and I helped her with one of her last recordings because I've always felt of the, uh, I've always felt 
strongly about the independence of an artist, which yeah. is where we're at now, where Absolutely. artists can be their own mobile machines, it's the best uh, which was predicted by, you know, Brian Eno and Robert Fripp and other people. George Michael wanted independence early. Uh, yeah. Prince always wanted independence. I guess that began with, for us and in the black community, that would have began with uh, all the small record companies, but majorly with Sam Cooke. Yes, right, that's he right. had his own label publishing this, that, and the other, and uh, so I would, I you know, forged on to get her to move into that mode quite early on her last record that's because great. I said there's no reason she's got a song on one of her last records which is called Christmas Blue, which is one of the best Christmas songs you've ever heard. Please send and, it to uh, me, Michael. Please, send I me will. That. And uh, I'd like to play that on here. Yeah, and uh, and the recordings of Andy and the Bay Sisters are just stupidly, incredibly uh, great. And she, uh, they have a lot of live video on her here because she performed on CBC. She performed everywhere here and with the Montreal Jubilation Choir. And she was kind of like our version of a cross between Odetta and Nina Simone. Right. She covered jazz, she covered blues, a little bit of, she brought pop music into her realm. She didn't go there. Yeah. And uh, she was just, uh, she was a force to be reckoned with yeah. And her musical theater and the songs that she would write for her music the musical theater were absolutely brilliant. She spawned two wonderful singers, Saida, better known as Sate, and Tuku, who's featured on Spirit in the Air by Sunny Greenwich. And Funny she's an artist on her own. And those kids are absolutely incredible performers. Yeah. And uh, they really were Black Lives Matter yeah. and Black culture all yeah. in one they were like our uh, own pyramid of uh of of culture history and everything else that you wanted to to know about uh not only music but you know she performed Clay, reclaiming the heritage you know yeah yeah she was just and right in canada being a, a young country a really young country and the black community here like the uk being from uh africa the yeah. Caribbean, uh, a lot of folks from the UK, uh, from if, all around the world, really. Uh, they all sort of converge here and then try and find a common self as well as a common music. The music yeah. thing works great. The political thing is a little bit different because yeah. different cultures might have different needs at that moment. Yeah. But at a certain point, they get the idea that we're all in the same boat. And you'll love this story. So the Underground Railroad being uh, an incredible soul food restaurant. Yeah. Um, I need to go there. I need to go. Well, it's, Why unfortunately, I it's, it's no longer in existence. Oh, so it's but, shut. It has shut now yeah. then oh it's shut a number like oh gosh it's shut probably about 20 probably a good 30 years ago now oh, i would before, say before my time then gutted yeah a good 25 or so years ago but what happened was artists would come in the 60s artists would come into toronto and they would all black artists they would come they would all go there yeah it was sort of like the meeting place and the unfit the 
official or unofficial black embassy of Canada. So you had Howard Matthews there, you had Salome Bay, and you had Howard's partner, John Henry. They found this singer one day, she wandered in and she wanted to know if she could play there. And she played for a couple of years while I was going there. And then later on, she got a record deal and her name, uh, a great Canadian, Diana Krall. (laughs) She was the house piano player. Uh, how fun right? can you get, you know? That's and uh, and my my good friend, Jim West, he signed Diana Crawl. And the second time I saw her, she was opening for the Montreal Jubilation Choir. <laughs> wow. He had done Diana's first record and it hadn't come out yet. And, uh, and a couple of Christmas tunes. And she got up and she did like, oh, about 15, 20 minutes of Christmas songs in front of the annual gospel show there for the Montreal Jubilation Choir that I hosted. And I remember them coming up. Yeah, we got this Canadian girl. She's going to open for us. Yeah, who is she? She's over there. Okay, fine. Hi, how are you? Da, 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 da. Diana Krall. Hey, how you doing? Okay, great. <laughs> and she That's was great. great. And I think I brought her back for an encore as well. She was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And yeah. so she did two records with him and he has those two records in his, uh, his catalog or his, yeah. uh, you know, for his company. Uh, but they were licensed off to Verve. And so she still signed with Verve. Yeah. And my buddy, Steve Macklem, who was actually the original manager for a band, a great band that was uh, signed to Stiff Records called The Pointed Sticks. He yeah. manages Diana right now. And uh, she's got a new album around the corner, I think. And Well, we'd love to get, I'm, I'm dying to get her on the show, to be honest, Michael. So if you can help in any way with that, we'd be forever grateful. We'd love to have her on. I don't know if throwing my name around will do you any good, but yeah. hey, have at it. And, <laughs> uh, because I guess she lives here with Elvis Costello out That's west, right. I, I believe. Uh, and, uh, you know, an always interesting fellow in his own right. But uh, Salome was, uh, and I'm sure Salome spent some time with Diana as well, and uh, she was just, she was so about lifting up the young talent around her. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And just raising it up and letting them perform on the same stage with her taking them through their changes, making them do it properly, because that is so very important, and making sure they put the work in. And she was just, she was a whirlwind. I mean, from, from Broadway to around the world, all across Canada and all types of situations. And uh, the CBC actually here is a wealth of her classic material. And I'm hoping to talk to them about, uh, I mean, I think there are going to be a bunch of documentaries on her eventually coming out of Canada. And they've got that footage. When did she, um, what age did she stop singing or did she sing right to probably was was performing till last time I saw her was uh, there was a, a, um, a memorial thing for her husband. And that would have been the last time I saw her then. And she had been in a home. So yeah. she probably stopped singing. I would imagine uh, about, you know, 15 years ago, I would wow. say. So she was still singing. I mean, she passed away at 86. Is that right? Yeah. So, yeah. So she was still so, singing right into her seventies. That's great. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, uh, you can, I, I think her, there's an, there were never enough recordings of her, yeah. but there is a ton of live footage that shows her doing yeah. 
jazz and blues and all that stuff and i believe the thing to do is to cull all that stuff and yeah uh, uh make actually stripe the audio off of it clean it up and make incredible records out yeah. of it i think that's part of the job and the andy and the uh, andy bay is still alive and i don't know if he's still performing but those andy and the bay sister records those are absolute classics as well i mean if you saw let's get lost then you you know you know they're just yeah. incredible performers and he she came out of that musical family which was uh you know everybody quite quite distinguished and being in new york at the time that she was so nina would have been around you know ella yeah, sarah vaughn yeah. all of those people yeah. and she was right in there with them so uh canada mourned a bit you know yeah. canada mourned quite a quite a lot you know uh we lost oscar peterson that's right uh, the great uh, dougie richardson uh the book i'm reading now which is uh, not about a female performer but i can't say enough about this gentleman uh it's called of stars and strings it's a biography of sonny greenwich and he is one of the greatest uh jazz guitarists if not guitarist period out of uh out of Canada and in the world. He's the guy that Miles Davis would chase around and uh, George Benson would come to see and stuff oh. like that. It's a book by this fellow, Mark Miller, who's written a great book on Charlie Parker. He's got oh, about yes. a million books under his belt. I'll, I'll get that book. I'll, I yeah. will get that, Michael. You're so full of amazing knowledge. I could, be, you know, Michael, I could just spend all day and all night just talking to you. Now, in, Michael, in the last few years, we've seen uh, a major research of jazz and blues with a really, yes. really young crowd. Who do you feel was at the, the start of that, who, who um, exploded that new scene of new wave jazz? Or, you know, do you feel like it was Nora Jones or Amy Winehouse? or? Well, I think... If it depends, if you go, I mean, in uh, again, uh, the the two worlds of uh, the, in America, there's always, you know, there's two set of laws, there's yeah. two sets of everything. Yeah. So there were two worlds, you know, and in the black world in America that I came from, uh, all of that started with uh, really, I mean, when I was in high school, and I'm 64 now, so yeah. when I wow, was in you high don't school. Look there's a thank you. Uh, when I was in high school, there was uh, well, elementary, you know, there was always a big jazz and blues thing. So it went from the clubs, it went from the black clubs to the concert halls, yeah. you know, where you would get the Oscar Petersons and the Duke Ellingtons and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, you know, there was the Newport Festival and all those festivals. Those festivals never stopped. But I think the, um, and then we had a, a sort of cool wave of jazz with yeah. uh, people like Gil Scott Heron and, and Ronnie Laws and, you know, Roy Ayers and people like that. And then the most recent wave, I think, kind of began, you know, as people saw that they could make money out of these festivals, that's yeah. kind of what happened. Yeah, and, that's uh, interesting. That's true, yes. Yeah, and so I think I would say George Benson yeah. reason was the beginning of this current wave that we have going on. And then, uh, you know, of course, uh, Diana Krall. 
Yeah, that Donna was, Krull. Uh, that, was yeah. A, that was a very big one. But still, there was a wealth of Oscar Petersons, Sarah Vaughn, Ella Fitzgerald that were alive until not long ago. Yeah. And exactly. it was, you know, Tony Bennett. And I would say Tony Bennett had a lot to do with it as well because his kid changed his life when he went to the MTV audience. So I think that would be a lot there too. So yeah. George Benson, Tony Bennett, Diana Krall, um, and then it began to cross over to the other side, you know, uh, to where those small black jazz festivals became really big festivals from larger promoters and stuff like that. And so it lost some of it. It's cool, but it gained a lot of its audience. And now I think we're at the point where some of the festivals, a lot of the festivals have lost their cool because you know, Lionel Richie is playing jazz festivals. I love me some Lionel Richie. I don't want to see him at a jazz festival. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, you know, I, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and stuff like that. And, uh, and, you know, and even Diana has a hard time because when she does original stuff, people don't really want to hear it. But yeah, when she does yeah. the classics, she can work all day. Yeah, that's it. You know, so it's, it's hard. Where do you see it from your end in the UK? Because you've always had great jazz festivals. Like, I think it's, a, is it the North Sea Festival that Van Morrison? Lo yeah, London there? Jazz Festival. And we've got so many jazz festivals here. Well, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a whole real research of jazz, of new wave jazz come through now with amazing female instrumentalists as well as vocalists and and they're just taking over and it's really resonating with a really really young crowd of like you know 18 and it's a real a lot of crossover jazz you know a lot of hip-hop yeah. crossover genres and and experimental jazz that's really coming through strong but some of the some of the women we have like saxophonists like number garcia uh -huh. um, Camilla George and we've got Sarah Tandy an amazing amazing mm -hmm. pianist and some great great vocalists like a young girl called Sharice who's just brilliant I mean she's and there's there's so many the vocalists never get forgotten but there's the instrumentalists that are really strong coming through on the jazz scene and making it you know bringing some popular popular sounds into it and and it's just just brilliant to see Michael it's been amazing having you on the show Michael Williams all the way from Canada he knows his shit about music and he has interviewed just about everyone he's an incredible guy we love him dearly and thank you so much for coming up coming on the show Michael and thank you for just everything all your encouragement and your kind words and you're an amazing amazing guy thank you so much Oh, thank you. Love what I've heard of your record. Uh, if oh, there gosh. is a record. It but is. I've it's coming out videos. soon. The record's coming out soon. Love what I heard. Love your voice, you know. So uh, congratulations you, on a, a one. And your videos you look like you're having a lot of fun. Thank you, Michael. We love you. And I want to, I want, I want to be on the other end. I want you to interview me now. Okay. Okay. I'd love that. I'd really love that. Absolutely. Michael, can can we um can you just give the audience uh links to your shows, please? Okay, so on radio, there's cashboxradio.ca. Yeah. I do a program called Soul in the City on there. You can pick that up. It's free. Yeah. It's available 24 hours a day. I'm on there. Uh let's see, my time would be uh I'm on there in the evenings in Canada. So that would be like nine to eleven during the week every yeah. night. 
and then I think a little bit later on the weekends. But if you get there, cashboxradio.ca and on video, Isolation Island, which is on face on tourbustv.com. And we're not in production now, but we're getting ready to go back into production and, and we're going to have you on isolation island it's a fun show we thought we'd do it to help people get through the pandemic that yeah. way we could turn them on to stuff like uh salome bay and her yeah. family andy and the bay sisters we've got a documentary about sister rosetta tharp there a doc That's on it. sam cook so it's documentaries it's music and it's interviews with uh people like Corey glover of living color so uh and pretty soon yourself so that's where you can that's where you can check me out and uh currently i'm working on a few things and it's really brilliant and also um you can always go back onto the link and watch it as a catch-up can't you it'll always be there if people oh yes yes uh, yeah, always perfect. it's uh you've got uh yes it's on facebook or you can go straight to tourbustv.com where we have the 420 weed channel for the uh, cancer survivors and stuff. And uh, we have uh, tourbustv.com and we have the Rock and Roll Sherpas, which is the best rock and roll crew in the planet. So they go out and shoot incredible concerts and uh, uh, all under the guise and auspices of my uh, wonderful partner, Mr. Gene Greenwood, who is just uh, an insane genius. And uh, we've been doing some work with Vinks, of course. You can check out Vinks yeah. with his. So uh, I'm on that occasionally as well. And uh, you go to vinks.com and he's just incredible. He's broadcasting out of Paris. So we just try and keep as busy as we possibly can and uh, and hope for the best, you know. But London, we're coming for you. You better do. You better do. Michael, we love you. Thank you. Oh, that's the gorgeous Michael Williams. Absolutely adore him. He's just, he's to die for. Can't wait, actually, to talk to him again. I could actually talk to him all night. He's amazing. Um, now, go and check out his brilliant show, Tour Bus TV, either on Facebook or go directly to tourbustv.com. It really is brilliant. He's brilliant. That's the show this week, my lovelies. And if you liked it, which I hope you bloody did, please subscribe now. Now, do it now on your favourite podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please go on, leave a review and make it a good one. Sisters in the Shadows was presented by me, Colette Cooper, that's me, and is a Pod People production. Thanks to the brilliant gorgeous Mike Hansen and the gorgeous Jake Trappett for their production support who are absolutely brilliant and you for listening I'll be back in your feed next week talking to more amazing souls from the world of blues and jazz see you then bye